those that I haven't met before, my name's Pete. Together with my wife, B, we lead the church here. So massive welcome to KXC. Just put your hand in the air if this is your first time at KXC. First time you ever visited KXC. Round of applause for these guys. A huge welcome. We are delighted that you are here. And a huge welcome to the balconies. This is a new thing at the 6.30 service, having people in the balconies. So round of applause for those in the balconies. Um, So this is Vision Sunday, but because there's quite a few new people in the room, before we look forward, I want to look back. So about six months ago, March 2019, we had another Vision Sunday, and we started something called the All In Campaign. You'll see booklets on the pews that you can read later. Um, But let's rewind the clock then, go back to to March. And I preach on this verse, Isaiah 43, where um, God speaks to the prophet who speaks to the nation of Israel and says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And essentially, we said to the people of KXC that it, it, it seems like a new season, like is coming for us as a church. We were basically encouraging people, look at the horizon. We can't put full language to, to it, but it feels like something's changing. The atmosphere is changing. The landscape is changing. Um, in your booklets, you can read it later. Um, Emma Heddle um, wrote this beautiful prophetic poem called Turning Tide. Like the tide is turning. This is a season of the Spirit doing a new thing amongst us. And we were asking people, look at the horizon. Can you see it coming? So we started asking the question, if if a new season of increased spiritual kingdom activity is about to break upon us, how do we ready ourselves for that? Um, And the answer is we learned from the early church. Like how did they prepare themselves for Pentecost, for an outbreak of the Spirit of God, a greater measure of kingdom activity in their midst? And the answer is they just jumped all in, right? It was like the river of God was beginning to flow at quite a pace. And and rather than just paddling in the shallow areas, they're like, no, 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 that will not do. Um, They just jumped into what God was doing. So we looked at some of these um, verses from the book of Acts. So when it comes to the subject of prayer, they all join together constantly in prayer. In other words, their spirituality and their, their life of contending was all in. An all-in approach to spirituality. When it came to an openness to the Spirit, they gathered together in one place at Pentecost, right? And then the Spirit fell upon them. They were all in. Not on the sidelines spectating, waiting in expectation for this new season. Acts 2 verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common. So when it came to hospitality, generosity, living a communal lifestyle, they were all in. Not holding stuff back. No, they were all in. Acts 4.32, all the believers were one in heart and mind. In other words, a common purpose, a common vision, they were all in. The summary is, together. They were all in, totally all in. And that's the approach we want as a church. We want to be known as a church in central London that when it comes to the things of the God, the, the things of God, the promptings of the Spirit, we hold nothing back. We are all in. So we did three things. We looked back with gratitude. We looked at what God had done in 2018, the first part of 2019. And we just celebrated the stories. Because when you tell the stories and you look at what God's done, that builds faith, right? That's what the Jewish community did as they looked back on the, the Red Sea, that God parted the waves and led them to freedom and then led them through the wilderness and to the promised land. They would look back, celebrate the story. Our God is all powerful. He overcame Pharaoh. He overcame the Egyptians. He 
provided for our needs. And as they looked back, it stirred up faith. And with that faith, they began to look forward. So we did the same. We looked back, we told stories, we celebrated. And then through the lenses of faith, we looked forward into what was lying ahead. So look back with gratitude, look forward with faith. And then we asked people to act now with generosity. Um, We wanted to raise some money. Um, so that we could use our resources to pour fuel on the sparks of kingdom life that were breaking out amongst us. Um, We'd never really raised that much money before. It's not part of my sweet spot and gift set to sort of like fundraise. But we thought we're going to give it a try. We're going to try and raise £250,000. We'd we'd once raised £50,000. So I had faith for £50,000. £250,000 was a a stretch. But we said to the church, look, our, our church is growing numerically. Um, in fact, the growth is, is quicker than the, the rate of giving. So we need to up our giving. Currently, um, this was back in March 2019, there was an 80K deficit. So we said, look, we need to cover 80K deficit. But more than that, we want to raise some money to invest in some of the entrepreneurial stuff that's stirring, some of the compassion ministries, and so on and so forth. So we said to the church, look, would you consider like backing the vision of this church with your finances? And do you know what people said? I said yes, by the way. Um, And people were like, yeah, we're going to be all in. So we asked our staff team first, like, will you take a step forward into greater generosity? And they said yes. And then we asked the congregation, like, can we stir up the kind of faith, the kind of generosity that would raise 250,000 pounds? And do you know what happened? Little drum roll on your knees. And do you know what happened over the six months from March 2019, a bit louder, just building up the volume, there we go, up to September 2019, and here's the answer. We raised 295,000 pounds, which is remarkable. Look at the average age around this room. Like, we're not at the life stage, most of us, where we're earning a huge amount in this city. Like, we're just trying to cover rent and get bills paid. Um, But people dipped into their pockets and said, I'm going to invest in what the Spirit's doing right now in this church. We went one of the ways round the dial, and did we stop? No, we did not. We kept on going. Almost £300,000 was raised. That's your generosity. That is your generosity. So we as a leadership team want to say thank you for being recklessly generous and backing the vision. So why don't we give each other a round of applause? Because that is amazing. That is amazing. So what have we done with the money that was invested? Well, you can see it, or you probably can't see it, but it's, it, it's in your booklets. Um, we plugged that shortfall of like 93,000 it was. Um, and and the, the money that was given in March was pledged over the year. So currently 178,000 has come in. So more will come in in, in the months that follow. But essentially 30,000 pounds we, we put towards growth in the congregation. We're now over 600 um, most Sundays across three services. Everything's growing. But to serve the new life that's breaking out amongst us, we need to employ certain people. So we've grown the staff team a bit and invested in areas of growth. And £30,000 we put towards building projects. We currently rent a school for Sunday mornings. We rent this place for the afternoon and evening services. We rent our offices two doors up the road. We rent multiple community centers around King's Cross throughout the week. That costs a a lot of money and with greater growth and new ministry starting we need to rent more spaces so we've put 30k towards buildings we've put an extra 10k towards church planting 
We already give quite a lot towards church planting. In this last year, we've given £50,000 towards church planting. But there's so much life, we're like, we, we need to give more. So we've put an extra 10K towards that. £20,000. I was going to say 20,000K. It's not that. That would be a lot of money. £20,000. Um, seed funding, entrepreneurial things that I'm going to talk about in, in a bit. And then £20,000 to grow some of the compassion ministries that are thriving here at KXC. We, we give way more than 20K um, to these compassion ministries. But there's so much life we're like, we need to inject more resources. So I want to say thank you because your generosity is releasing life. A huge thank you to you. So the question for this evening is like, what now? Six months on, what now? And I want to go back to that verse then from Isaiah 43. I want to look at this key phrase. And Isaiah says, now it springs up, do you not perceive it? Um, We were basically saying six months ago, look at the the horizon. Can you see like there's a season change? The tides are turning. Can you see it? To which some are responding, no, can't see it. Um, Now I want to say something different. Not look at the horizon, but look all around you. Like it springs up all around you. It's like a season change. It's spring. You can see the shoots of green breaking up through the ground. So not look at the horizon, but look all around you. New life is breaking out and it's beautiful to see. This is what God says to the the prophet Habakkuk. He says, look at the nations. Notice the language of like, look, like see. Do you not perceive it? It says, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. And when we quote the scripture, we normally stop there because we don't really like verse 6 as much, which is, I'm raising up your oppressors who are going to destroy you. Um, And the prophecy goes on. It's fairly heavy, actually. But the the first part is essentially, like, look at the nations and watch. The prophets knew when God began to speak about judgment, it was always going to be followed by restoration. So God says to Habakkuk, look at what's happening. There is judgment all around. But beyond the judgment, there is going to be restoration. There's a shaking that's taking place. It's disturbing. But beyond the shaking, there is kingdom life breaking out. Listen to this passage from Hebrews chapter 12. This is God speaking. He says, once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things, the stuff that's kind of like made with human hands, so that what cannot be shaken, in other words, the kingdom of God, um, may remain. Therefore, since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. Let's celebrate. It's party time. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. When we talk about judgment, we often think that judgment means the absence of God. What if judgment actually means the presence of God as a refining fire? The presence of God as a refining fire. I genuinely believe this. I think we'll look back on this moment in history and we'll look back on the last 10 years in particular as a season of judgment. Not when God was absent, but when he was present as a refining fire. Where there was a shaking and all that didn't belong to the kingdom of God was shook to its core and some of it crumbled away and then new life broke out. Like if you go back 10 years to when we were planted, 2009, we were getting ready to plant. The financial crash kicked in. Like that was a shaking, right? And do you know what it exposed? Phenomenal greed. Like that financial crisis hit the poorest of the poor the most. And yet what it exposed was the greed of the bankers who still wanted their bonuses. 
the greed of the, of the business sphere. Pretty much every sphere of culture in the last 10 years has experienced a shaking. Politics, do you remember the scandal of expenses? Like we'd entered this season of austerity and people were panicking and then it suddenly came out that politicians were taking extra expenses and had second homes that weren't on the books and it was this outrage. You're leading a nation into a season of austerity and there's greed in our politicians. And then it went through the media You know, Hollywood, Me Too campaign, sexual exploitation of of women and children. And not just Hollywood. It rippled through the BBC and through media. It it began to affect the sporting world. Like sexual exploitation in sport of women, of younger children. Like drug scandals in sport. And it affected the church too, right? The church isn't immune from this stuff. In the Catholic Church, in the Protestant Church, in pretty much every wing of the church, there was a shaking. That which didn't belong to the kingdom of God was exposed. Sex scandals, money scandals, fallen leaders. And we've seen this shaking take place. And the prophecy says that what is of the kingdom will remain. Like this presence of God as a refining fire, this shaking that, that has been prophesied that God will do it again and he'll do it again so that the kingdom may remain. Um, That's been our story in the last 10 years. And when there is a shaking, when there is judgment, God present as a refining fire, it is an invitation to repentance. It's an invitation to repentance. This is the sound that you can hear in the church right now. Um, B and I, we've traveled a fair bit on our sabbatical. Went to the Hebrides and we went to Wales and we went to California whoop, whoop, and got some sun and, and we moved around the UK and visited some friends. We went to multiple church services. Some of them were decent. Um, but in every single church environment, you could hear waves of repentance as the church was basically saying, God, we're so sorry that we've trusted in our own selves, that we've been trying to pull levers to disguise the fact that you're not present in the room. We don't want it anymore. Like you've exposed the idols, we turn back to you. There's a wave of repentance. Do you remember our War of Desires series? Um, Look around the room, that's a no. Well, we did a War of Desires series where we just named some of the idols of our age and we invited people to repent, to, to turn around. Um, the Greek word for repentance is, is metanoia. It literally means to, to go in one direction and then just do a little 180. You like that? I've got moves like that. I've got plenty more in the locker. Um, so that, that's the Greek understanding of metanoia. But the Hebrew understanding of the word repentance is slightly different. Teshuva. It basically means to return. It means homecoming. You've been drifting away and you decide I'm going to come back to the Father. So when Jesus told a story of a prodigal son who basically said, screw you, dad, I'm going my own way, and ended up in a far-off country hitting self-destruct, and then left with nothing, basically decides, I just need to get home. And he begins the journey home, and the father runs out to meet him, throws his arm around his boy, and then throws a huge party. That's basically about teshuva. It's the term that the Jewish people use to talk about homecoming. And when there is genuine repentance, like a coming home, there will always be an outbreak of joy. That is why joy is the second sound that I believe is breaking out in the church, in this city, in this nation, and far beyond. Isaiah 54. Um, Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor. Now, either Isaiah was highly, highly insensitive and had done no pastoral training in his life, um, 
Or he senses that there's a mood change. There's a season change. The tides are turning. And basically says to those that are experiencing no life, he says, okay, it's time to start singing. It's time to repent. It's time to come home. And you can hear the sound of joy. I am telling you, abundance awaits us. Fresh life awaits us. So let's sing now to herald in this new season. This is what's stirring at KXC right now. In our worship, in our gatherings, it's the sound of joy. We had it um, a couple of weeks ago or last week was it at our baptism service just celebration so much fun so much joy in the room this is a season of repentance repentance will always lead to joy this is the sound of redemption sons and daughters coming home what I'm trying to say is open your eyes because it's a new dawn it's a new day it's a new no that's not enough I reckon like 10% joined in the song and that that's just not enough It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new Mm, high note. Some people struggling with the high note. I get it. I get it. This is a place of grace. This is a place of grace. Um, That's not just Nina Simone. I believe that is what the Spirit is saying to the church right now. Like, open your eyes, because it is a new dawn, it's a new day, and there is so much life around. And what I want to do, just in the next 10 minutes, rather than pointing to the horizon... I want us to look at where we are right now. Notice the green shoots of life breaking out all around us. Last week, I just had such a fun week. Um, I went to probably too many church gatherings for my liking. And yet, in all of them, just saw phenomenal life breaking out. So um, I went to the newcomer's meal that was mentioned. Like, we had 70 people at the newcomer's meal, just like integrating into life at KXC. We've never had that many people at a newcomer's meal before. And do you know what was unbelievable? A number in the room had no faith. They, they were just so hungry for community, curious about church, curious about the person of Jesus, and really wanting a free meal. And, and they rocked up downstairs and they heard the vision of the church and there was hunger in the room. I want to join this new thing. Whatever's happening, I want to be a part of it. Like it was beautiful, hunger in the room. The following night, which was a Friday night, I went to First Fridays, which is a youth group, um, a number of churches clubbing together to do a monthly youth night um, on the Cali Road. These are kids mainly from local estates. Um, In fact, we took 13 of those young people, not grown up in church environments at all, to a Christian festival last year um, called Soul Survivor. 13 we took, 13 came back having given their lives to Jesus. Like, that's amazing, right? Um, That is amazing. Some of us might expect that when you take them to Soul Survivor, they're going to come back saved. Um, But it's happening here on the Cali Road. So I spoke there. I haven't spoken to teenagers for almost 20 years. I used to be a youth pastor, right? But I haven't done a youth talk for 20 years. I was terrified, absolutely terrified. Um, But to see this group of young people from across Islington on the Cali Road from the estates, like opening themselves up in worship, listening to a breathtaking talk that I gave, and then opening themselves to the Spirit of God. And, And Hannah told me the following week that two young people that night gave their lives to Jesus, right? In other words, you don't have to go to Soul Survivor to get saved. It's happening in our midst. How amazing is that? Young people coming to faith um, right amongst us. Um, This last week, I went into the prison. 
um, Karis Carson was being licensed as lay chaplain of Pentonville Prison, which is, lit, uh, prison, which is literally just up the road, um, up the Cali Road. And it's an amazing thing when the Church of England, which they're often slow to do this, recognize that something so beautiful, something that belongs to the kingdom of God is happening in a place that they actually license someone and say, do you know what, you are acting and behaving and ministering like a priest, and we're not going to ordain you on the spot, but we're going to recognize that you're essentially a lay priest. What you're doing, we love it, and we commission you to do more of it. So what happened in in the middle of the prison, in the chapel, like loads of people gathered, Karis was commissioned, there was so much joy in the room, and then at the end of the service, four of the prisoners got up and got baptized. So the bishop, one of her first roles as Bishop of Stepney, she was literally pouring jugs of water over these prisoners who'd come to faith and were declaring their faith through baptism. Like this is happening all around us. Can you see the shoots? I'm not pointing to the horizon. Can you see it breaking out all around us? It's such a beautiful thing. Um, Three weeks ago, many will know this, that we sent out a team Oh, no, this is a random one. Um, let, me, let me just talk you through this. I'd forgotten a part of my talk. This is a really good bit, actually. Um, t- 2020. Um, imagine the scenario, 2015. Church leaders are gathering, talking about five-year plans. Like, we need a vision for the next five years. I mean, what will life be like in 2020? We need a 2020 vision. Oh, my goodness. Get on the phone to the graphic designer. 2020 vision. It's about seeing clearly what the Lord is doing. I mean, graphic designers have been in business because church leaders are beginning phenomenally excited. I prophesy, I'm telling you right now, in 2020, there'll be hundreds of conferences about vision, about seeing clearly the kingdom of God. I did a quick Google search. I was not disappointed, not disappointed. Hundreds of conferences. Um, here we go. This is in the UK. This is the church in Wales. 2020 Vision, new conference. And the church in the States getting on board. The graphic design a little bit up um, from what's happening in the UK. But they're getting on board. Um, there's going to be teaching series. 2020 Vision, a teaching series of Revolution Church. Don't you love that? Um, and you know the Spirit's moving because there's a conference in Nazareth. Can you believe it? A group of people coming together to say, look, it's been 2020 years. You know, since we've been on the map. We need to get Nazareth back on the map. Let's have a conference about 2020 vision. Um, I think I've made my point. Um, The point is, open your eyes. Can you see what's happening? New life is breaking out. Anyway, back to three weeks ago. Um, That was an interlude, but a fun one. I think you'll agree. Um, We sent out a team to go and begin a new chapter at St. Saviour's Church in Finsbury Park. Um, So we sent Matt and Anna Seymour, about 25 to 30, from this family. Um, Now, the Focus and Saviour is a beautiful congregation, but it dwindled over years to the point of essentially 12 people were gathering um, on a Sunday morning. Now, those 12 were so faithful. They could have just closed the doors and shut up shop, but they made a decision that we are going to persevere in prayer because we believe that a new day will come and new life will break out. They had one gathering, they told us this in one of the the Sundays, that six of them were there, there was no heating in the church, and they're like, should we just go home? It's like, no, we will be faithful, we will gather in prayer. Three weeks ago, a new season, 160 people rock up um, at St. Saviour's to celebrate this new chapter in the story. And the amazing thing was that a good chunk of those that were visiting weren't churched, had no background in church. They'd heard about this new life and new start for the church, and they wanted to be there. I want to read you this one story. 
This really, really moved me. This guy came with his, with his family and he wrote a message to Matt Seymour, who's like leading the church there. And he said this, hi, Matt, here's a quote for your website. Matt hadn't asked for a quote for the website, by the way. He, he was just so excited. He's like, I don't care about it. Here's a quote for your website. Use it. Um, we haven't put it up yet. He says this, described himself as an atheist, by the way, studied theology, you know, years ago, but as an atheist. He says, in almost 50 years of church services, today at St. Saviour's was by far and away the best I've ever been to. It absorbed, fascinated, and inspired everyone in the audience, from the curious atheist, in other words, like me, to the open-hearted Christians. St. Saviour's Frinsby Park has launched something unlike any church I've ever experienced, and the children are asking, Mummy, Daddy, when can we go back to the party church? That's the bit that killed me. I went to church as a kid. It was so boring most of the time. It was known for being dull and irrelevant. But there's another generation rising up saying, Mum and Dad, can we go back to party church? Because there's so much fun. There's so much joy in the room. Can we go back to the party church? How amazing is that? Don't you want the church to be known as a place of celebration, a place of joy? Where, where you can experience God and be filled with resurrection life. And then he goes on to say this. This isn't actually quoting for the website. Um, I didn't get permission, but let's go for it anyway. He says, Matt, looking forward sometime to talk theology. I love this. But not in a rush. as really enjoying taking in this surprising experience before rushing to understand it. This is a curious atheist basically saying, I don't know what's happening. I came to support you week one. I came back week two. Something's happening, Matt. Um, I'd love to talk theology with you. But hey, no rush. I don't need to understand it. Currently, I'm just enjoying it. Like, can you see the new life that's breaking out all around? It's a new dawn. It's a new day. There is new life. It's not even 2020 yet. 2019, but already we're beginning to see clearly such an exciting season. Here's another fun story. Patrick Harding, in the last All In um, Vision Sunday, I shared like a one-minute story of this guy at KXC who basically felt moved to start a, a tech company tackling isolation amongst elderly people. He'd read the stats that essentially half a million people in this country over the age of 75 have no human contact for six days. Doesn't that just blow your mind that half a million people will have no human contact for six days? That is wrong. It's hidden, but that is wrong, right? That is wrong. 40% of those over the age of 75 in this country said their closest companion was the TV. That is wrong. That, that is totally wrong. And something in his heart was, I want to do something. I want to take my tech skills and start a company identifying those that are isolated and trying to sort of like um, minister to them and bring them out of isolation. Anyway, a one-minute little video um, interview that I did with him for the Vision Sunday. Random thing happened. A few weeks later, um, someone who's never been to KXC before listened to the podcast. They're from Surrey. And they heard this little interview about this tech startup tackling isolation amongst the elderly. And they emailed in, basically saying, this is a random thing, but uh, um, I used to go to Reading. And when I was in Reading, I found out about a competition where there was a hundred grand on offer for people to use tech skills to tackle the isolation of the elderly. Um, could you pass this on to the guy who was in the interview? So we passed it on to Patrick. Patrick looked it up online. It was this kind of thing happening in Berkshire. And basically, you had to be in partnership with an agency in Berkshire. So he basically sent an email to Age Concern, I think they're called Age UK now, in Berkshire to say, hey, I'm from London. I've seen this competition 
competition. Do you want to club together and pitch for the 100 grand? And this lady who's the CEO said, yeah, it sounds fun. Let's do it. So Patrick just threw together an application, sent it in, and went on holiday to Cuba. Um, now, whilst he was in Cuba, very little internet connection, but he went to this main city, found himself in a plaza with Wi-Fi. So opened up his Wi-Fi just to check in on what was happening back home and saw that there was an invite. Um, to an interview. They'd got through the first round of bids um, and there was an invite to come and pitch to win the 100K. And it was in like two or three days time. So it's like, panic. What, what do I do? I'm like on holiday with a mate. So try to phone some friends to say, can you go and do the pitch for me? And obviously the answer was no. I have no idea what you're talking about. No way. Um, so it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to have to leave my buddy in Cuba and I'm going to get on the next flight back to the UK. So cut his holiday short, um, traveled home to the UK, rocked up to the interview. A friend had put together a presentation deck for the pitch and he gave the pitch and won £100,000 to start this new company. How amazing is that? Is that worth a round of applause? I think that's worth a round of applause. Like, that is what you call the favor of God, right? That is what you call the favor of God. He's gone full-time now, um, and this tech startup called Joy is rolling. Can you hear the sound? of joy, of new life. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. There's so much new life. What are our priorities moving forward? Let me race through this. Number one, it's prayer and worship. Always has been our priority, always will be our priority. In worship, that's where we encounter Jesus. We know that. It says in Scripture that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. If you want to encounter Jesus, a place I can guarantee you'll encounter him is gathered together with the church when they're worshiping God. Um, And in that place of encounter, we are transformed. And when we experience transformation, we become agents of transformation. We believe that, right? So if you want to transform the city, if you want to see cultural renewal in the city, the best thing you can do is gather with your buddies and worship God. That's why there's such a high priority on worship here at KXE. Seek first. They are the most beautiful evenings in the life of KXE. If you've not been to one of our monthly prayer nights, can I just encourage you, like drop whatever you can and be there. As we gather together to celebrate the goodness of God and contend for all that he has for us. They are the most important gatherings in our, in our diary as a church. So I want to encourage you to be there. So prayer and worship is our priority. Secondly, we think this is an entrepreneurial season. We want to pour fuel, resources, energy on these sparks of new life. So I've mentioned the Joy Project, working with the isolation um, of the elderly. But here's some other things happening. Banquet, which is basically like an online food bank. Food banks are phenomenal, aren't they, what they're doing. Um, But the story you might not know is that people who want to give to food banks go to the the supermarket and often just pick up stuff, um, imperishable food items that they think will be helpful. So most people just go straight for the baked beans, right? So in a lot of food banks, they've just got so many baked beans. But there's other things that they don't have. With the online food bank, you can find out what your food bank needs. You can deliver it when they need it so that they can minister to people who need it the most. How amazing is that? Giving to a food bank is now as easy as just tapping into the tube, right? You don't need to go to the shop. You don't need to do the journey and then find the food bank, drive there, drop it off. You can go online. It will all happen. This is using technology to to serve God's kingdom purposes. And banquet, last night at a Kingdom Code hackathon, um, they were awarded the People's Choice Award for Best New Startup. How fun is that? This is stuff that's breaking out in our community. Um, Peace and Reconciliation. I think you'll all agree that we live in an age of fragmentation, like tribalism, that people just take sides and there's so much division and we've lost spaces where we can just debate. 
and have conversations and genuinely learn. Isn't it an amazing thing that the church um, can essentially say our message, the message of the gospel is a message of reconciliation. That as we're reconciled to God, we're reconciled to one another. So we want to create a space where people can be reconciled. So these guys, we've pumped in a little bit of seed funding. Um, They're now one day a week, both Philip and Sarah, starting up this peace and reconciliation startup um, where they're going to do some training for businesses. They're going to host some um, conversations and what's happening in culture with Brexit and beyond. They're going to do some of the conflict resolution stuff in local communities and in the lives of individuals here in King's Cross, Islington and Camden. I just love the fact that we as a church can say to the community, we want to serve you by creating a safe place, a common ground where you can build bridges and experience restoration and reconciliation because it tastes beautiful. How amazing is this? This is happening all around us. Um, Here's another fun one. Tommy Ellis. This was a number of years ago, went with Sammy Patterson um, to the the refugee camps in Calais. And they used football as a way of connecting with young people um, and building community on those camps. Um, Every day, a number of us walk down the Calais and walk past this disused football pitch. And Tommy just had the idea of like, it just, it's crazy that it's empty. There's plans to redevelop it and build more flats. But he was like, well, if there's going to be like two or three year window, why can't we as a church partner with the local council, restore the pitch and then basically say to local schools and to kids from the estates um, and local residents, why don't you come and use this place, a football pitch to build community, a place of recreation, but more than that, a place of recreation. And I know you love that place of the new creation, not decreation, that's decreation, it's going to be a place of recreation and recreation, love it. Um, So basically we're currently trying to raise some money to begin this new story so we as a church can serve the physical needs of our surroundings in the community. Isn't that beautiful? Like, isn't it exciting to be part of this new life? Um, Let's talk about church planting. So 18 months ago, we sent out a team of 25 um, with Ben and Hanel Jones to plant this church in Broccoli to start a a new chapter of the story in St. Peter's. Um, 18 months later, that place is full of life. People coming to faith, coming back to faith, coming alive in their faith. We basically said, here's 25 people, here's 25 grand, go for it. And they've gone for it and new life is breaking out. Um, A couple of months ago, we announced that Tim... Um, and Lulu May were going to move to Bow. Tim was going to be installed as the rector of Bow Church, amazing part of East London. Um, September, he began, and 20 or so people um, that were part of the Bang community that were based here at KXC went with Tim and Lulu. We said, here's 25K, here's a number of people, go for it. They've gone for it. And a new story is emerging um, at Bow Church. Um, mentioned three weeks ago that we sent a team, 25K, 2530 people, a new story's emerging in Finsby Park, like the kingdom of God is breaking out. Um, Here's a fun thing. On the same day we launched at St. Saviour's, another church that feels like family to us, um, Kath and Jamie Brayford. Kath helped B&I plant the church here. She was on staff here for probably like six or seven years, found Jamie, they got married, it can happen here if you're single. 
looking, ready to mingle. It can happen here. I've got faith for that. Um, so basically, they fell in love, got married, went and trained, studied theology, and they've planted up in Liverpool. We gave some money towards that. We've been backing it with our prayers. Now listen, I'm not taking credit for what's happening in Liverpool. But here's the beautiful thing about the kingdom of God. You don't get to just celebrate what God's doing in your midst. You get to celebrate what God is doing everywhere because we are one family, one people under the lordship of one king. His name is Jesus, right? So we're celebrating this life that's breaking out in Liverpool. Will there be future plants? You can bet that there will be future plants, starting with this lovely man here. Um, so Pete James, many of you will know this, that Pete's been on staff here for seven years, six, six years, it feels like seven, the number of perfection. So he's been here for six years and, and what a gift Pete has been to our community. Pete is just a remarkable, remarkable leader, led the church during the sabbatical um, and not just held fort, grew the church, brought life, injected energy into this family. We are so grateful um, to Pete's leadership. But as many will know, um, Pete's a curate. Um, a curacy lasts for three years. He's just finished um, two years of curacy, so has one more year left of curacy. Um, so is now in conversations with, with bishops to explore a couple of church planting opportunities that will kick off maybe next summer. Now we've got nothing more to say because it's the very early stages of those conversations. So don't ask for more info because we have no more info. But over the next months, um, we're going to start sharing more of the story as it unfolds. There's a dream that has been in their hearts as a family for over a decade. And that dream, it's like there's spiritual momentum happening now in the church of England and around them. And we get to be a part of that. Like new life is breaking out. But more than just Pete James, here are our curates, um, the Trinity of KXC curates. Not quite up there with the Trinity, the Holy Trinity, but you know. Anyway, like what an amazing group of leaders they are. Beyond the three curates at KXC, here are six people studying theology right now in the process of journeying towards ordination. So Johnny Goodchild, Colin and Rebecca Hamilton, Dan Miles, and then up at St. Saviour's, Matt Tinsley, who is leading us in worship, and Bex Danes. So that's three, and then plus six. We've also got ten more that are currently in um, exploration mode. They're in conversations with the Church of England, discerning whether there's a call towards ordination and becoming a vicar and potentially going on to, to plant a church. Now, hit the pause button. Before I explain anything more, I want to name two things. Number one, let's just name the elephant in the room. Name the elephant in the room. It's not a hugely diverse bunch of leaders, right? Let's just name that. And we, and we can be honest about that and name it with disappointment. That actually this is an unbelievable group of leaders, but we're longing for greater social diversity, ethnic diversity, diversity across the board. And our heart is to grow in that area. We've had blind spots. We've had an amazing group of leaders help us come out of blind spots so that we can see more clearly. Um, so this isn't like how we want it to be in the years ahead. But what an amazing group of leaders, right? We can agree with that. Here's the second thing. One person's excited. Thank you. Here's, here's the second thing I want to say. This is our deep prayer. This is for, for B&I. That God would call some of these people on the screen and some of those in our staff team and more than that, some of the people in the room um, to King's Cross for the long term. 
right? If KXC is going to have a role within the church, like a beating heart, a healthy heart that sends out planting teams, oxygen, um, to different parts of the city, to different parts of the nation, we need to keep the center healthy and alive and strong. For that to happen, we are praying that God would speak to some in this room, some on our current staff team, a sense of calling of, I want to be here, not just for months, not just for years, but potentially for decades, for the sake of the kingdom in King's Cross, for the sake of the kingdom in London, for the sake of the, the well-being of KXC, I'm putting down roots. So our prayer is that what God spoke to Israel when they were in Babylon, which is don't have a short-term mindset, like settle down, plant vineyards, grow the grapes, drink the wine, get married, have kids. I know it's hard to plant a vineyard in central London, but the equivalent is like bed in, like have a long-term vision for life in this city. Because this city needs some people who are basically saying, everyone else is on this treadmill out of the city. Make their money, get what they can, and then head out of the city. What if there was a load of Christians saying, no, 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 we have the opposite mindset. We are here to make sacrifices, to live radically generous lives for the sake of the kingdom. We are here for the long term. We, we are praying that calling in for some. And yet, at the same time, what an amazing group of leaders. 20 people, essentially, on that board. Let's be conservative and say that only 25% of them go on to plant. Let's say some choose to stay. Some just take on existing church leaders. But let's say 25% decide to stay. That's already five plants in the next five years. Like, can you see the momentum that is emerging in this place that we want to invest in it? Um, compassion ministries. So much beautiful stuff stirring here. Let me just name one thing. There's been a number of prophetic words at KXC and beyond KXC recently that the next leaders in the move of the spirit that's emerging right now, the next wave of leaders, they're currently in the prison and they're currently in the gangs, right? I, I, I genuinely believe this, that the Lord is going to move in such a way. It's happening in Pentaville prison. It's not look at the horizon. It's look at the shoots around us. It's happening on the estates with the young people. That, and it could, have, could be one of the guys that came to faith this week and was baptized. It could have been one of the kids that came to faith in that youth evening. I believe God is going to grab hold of some lives in these forgotten places. He's going to pour his spirit upon them. And they are going to lead churches, initiatives, charities. They're going to bring about some kingdom devastation in the city. I believe this, right? these ministries aren't just ministries serving the vulnerable they are training academies for the future leaders of the church I believe that and we want to invest our resources into some of these beautiful beautiful ministries um, so compassion ministry I get really excited by that um, and evangelism we've been talking about the sound of redemption like people are coming to faith we saw it in the service earlier people coming to faith in our Sunday gatherings people coming to faith at Alpha coming to faith on the estates in the prisons prayer on the streets it's happening all around us it's a new dawn it's a new day there is new there we go can you see it open your eyes and see it um, here's our response we want to model ourselves in the early church it's just to jump all in like don't take your shoes off and paddle in the shallow area Keep your shoes on and just jump into the middle of the stream. Honestly, that would be my encouragement. The, the river of God is moving. There's stuff stirring here at KXE. If you want to enjoy it, take a running leap. Keep your shoes on. Just go straight for the middle and the current will take you where the Spirit wants you to go. Um, let's have an all-in mindset. And for us at KXE, we believe all-in looks like four things. Come, belong, serve, give. Come on a Sunday. Belong to our midweek communities where we do life together, whether that's a hub or a pattern group. Serve. Find a place to serve, to chip in with your gifts and your talents and your passions and 
finally give financially. Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. We know this, right? Where your treasure is, where your money is invested, that's where your heart will be. If you want to jump into the river, right, but you're a little bit nervous and you're on the edge, oh, I don't know if I should do this, throw your wallet in and you'll just jump in after your wallet. That, honestly, <laughs> that's a paraphrase. That's a paraphrase of Jesus' teaching. Just throw your wallet in, you'll jump in after it. And where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. And this is why we ask people to give. Yes, to release resources for the sake of the kingdom growth in King's Cross. But more than that, we want hearts in the river, right? We want hearts in the river. And Ricardo Spence, come and save me. Um, Can we just give a huge amount of applause? Does that even make sense? A huge round of applause to Rich Spence. I can sense it in the room. I want to jump in the river. Here's my wallet. I'm about to throw it in. For those that missed the first opportunity to give back in March, you've joined the story in the last few months, and you're like, I want to be part of what's happening here. Here's just some very practical details of how you can jump in. Hi, everyone. So my name's Rich, and I look after some of the operational life of KXC. Um, Just wanted to take you on some of the journey. So it was about March time when we last presented some sort of financial stuff. And what follows is a couple of pages of graphs, I think, which we'll all enjoy. Am I controlling it, or is it at the... Am I controlling it? Sorry. Oh, wow. There we go. Okay. What Pete's also given me is, is this sort of ability to do some things here. But basically, back in the spring, we sort of showed um, this graph, which is really saying on the top that the like, attendance of the church has grown by about 50% in the last two years. But the line below is that the giving of the, like, the congregation hadn't really matched up to that. And as the costs of the congregation grew, and as the sort of vision of what is contained within the hearts of the church was growing, the financial picture wasn't really matching up with it. And so that was sort of the picture that we took to the church. And what was amazing, I think, is that as Pete said, over the last sort of six months, about £295,000 has been come in or pledged. Um, from the congregation, and we all know we're, we're like a young congregation. We don't own houses. Lots of like it's an amazing like response. Um, and over the top then is the blue line here is the overall giving per month of the church. So what came in every month, and it went up. And like what's happened over the last little bit as St. Saviour's has gone out, and as a little thing is we've just started to see a slight little dip in the numbers of people giving. So about 45 people per month started giving, and about 12 of those have sort of stopped giving over, the, over that time as we've sent out some saviours and that sort of thing. Uh, the giving over that time has gone up from about 60,000 a month to about 77,000 a month, which is really amazing. And what we have is a target of about 80,000 a month, which we come on to here. So this is what we're showing here is the last two months of giving. So we had about £70,000 and about seventy seven in September. Um, and what we're showing is there is the next six months ahead of what we're, what we're sort of predicting is going to happen in the giving of the church. So expecting a little spike um, in October, which will be a response to today. And then we've sort of shown the giving leveling off at about 80,000 a month here for the next five months after that. In uh, the dash line is what I sort of would love, uh, I really sort of feel would be an amazing thing to do as a congregation like over the next few months, which is as people are joining the church to hop in. And what we're showing there is really a sort of a growth in monthly giving of 77,000 to 85,000 a month. And as Pete said, loads of people are joining the church at the moment. Um, it's a time where the church is changing a lot. And like as stuff's emerging in the church, this is our chance to all jump in. And if you're new to the church, this is your chance to actually massively shape the KXC in the years ahead. Um, what you've got on your um, seats is one of these little uh, white cards. Um, 
we'll come to it in a minute, I think, Pete, or I'll hand back to Pete. But if you have a little look at it, if you're new to church, if you weren't here for the last All In campaign, if you've not yet thought about giving to KXC, if, if you've made this your home, it'd be amazing to have a little read of this, uh, put some stuff on the back, and we'll move into a collection in a little bit. But that's hopefully a bit of an update. And there's more details in the booklet and online as well if you want any more financial information. Amazing. Round of applause for Rich.